Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Gigi. I'm Gareth Stora. And I'm Gia Pero. And we're here to relive the splendor. And spill the tea on everything that is Mariah Carey. For a brand new podcast. For the nostalgia. For this week's episode, we're going to be talking about why the songbird supreme is the songwriter supreme. Yes, 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 yes. Because as we know, Mariah Carey oftentimes doesn't get enough credit as a songwriter. And I feel like this is kind of like an extension of the first episode, like why we love Mariah Mm -hmm. so much, but this is more in depth about her music. And I think that this is a good place to kind of start and just dive into the words that make us love Mariah. This is exciting. It's very exciting because this kind of thing is what got me into music. It's also kind of what got me into her music. Like I was a big fan of music before. We won't go into that. (laughs) Done some writing moments for stuff before. And she kind of got me into the power of words a little bit and her songwriting. This is somebody who started off writing poems. You know, she was writing poetry, her own kind of poems. She was listening to the radio. Her mum was into opera music, singing opera music. And then she sort of got her way into music that way. And the two kind of came together. And I think that's how she's learned all these intrinsic parts of her tapestry when it comes to her songwriting and things to include. It can be a fun moment like GTFO, or it could be a descriptive moment like close my eyes or with you her songwriting for me feels like descriptive poetry that builds the image and sets the scene so you almost experience with her her stories it's like she's re-experiencing it as we learn it and experience it along with her through her captivating musical talent so let's just go all the way back she was writing about heartbreak and love you know she was laying down her emotions there wasn't any sort of like oil paintings or whatever you want to say you know what I mean there wasn't those money moments back then as such I mean there were little bits but not as much as what we are getting later on so Gia Mm -hmm. is there any moment that you can think of right now from the first three studio albums of her career where you've thought damn about the lyrics oh alone in love Mm -hmm. um okay lyrically alone in love i don't want to cry and um what is that activist song oh my gosh there's got to be a way way. those three definitely are the most like building the image in my mind like when i hear that like kind of spanish almost my all sort of thing going on in i don't want to cry it, it takes me there. Like, I'm already there. The music is taking me there. But, you know, once again, we sit in silence, you know? She's definitely, yeah. Those aren't my favorite songs. I love Alone in Love, though. That's definitely one of my favorites. But, yeah. Yeah, it builds the, the story. And the video, again, almost like just confirms the story in a way that you had in your mind. Oh, um, yeah. But I have that video in my mind when I'm listening to it and thinking about it. Like, for I, me, when I no no not me when I am thinking of I don't want to cry I'm like yeah there's definitely I can see the cornfield sometimes to me it's more like the feeling that it gives me it's not necessarily the visual that it's bringing and that's the thing with 
the albums before Christmas and Daydream is it's not really building a huge image that like I've built up over these years of me being a huge lamb because it, oh girl oh but make it happen though that's a different story there's a visual for that but besides make it happen mm-hmm. I would say it's mostly the feeling that these songs are giving me that are like damn this is good songwriting rather than the visual if that makes any sense she's less right. I feel like she's that's descriptive. Yeah, I don't want to cry. Does it beautifully? There's vanishing. There's got to be a way, like you said. Oh, well. vanishing. But I don't get a visual from vanishing. Like, besides, like Mariah singing at the piano or something. Like, that's not, I'm not really getting, I don't see myself or m- like a movie playing in my head with vanishing or anything like that. I completely understand that. But but it's not bad songwriting. I love Mariah's songwriting. Yeah, it's almost as if sometimes when I listen to a really good Mariah song, um, and sometimes it's not even like the big ones that you would think of, like the big number ones or anything, like Heartbreaker or Honey or We Belong Together even, even though those are really descriptive as well. But when I say songwriting, I feel like one of the first songs that stands out is obviously The Roof and Underneath the Stars. There's just this thing that happens to me when I listen to a really good descriptive Mariah song is that I build the whole entire image in my head. Mm -hmm. And there's so many songs that I love from Mariah that I don't need a video for. I'm so grateful that she came out with the Underneath the Stars video, but I don't need it and I I don't ever really search for it there's just something that is so special about the smokiness and the hazy dream-like place it takes you mm-hmm. and you're transported there and it becomes your reality for the moment you know if you just let like let go for a little bit and you're there like from daydream to butterfly to rainbow any of the albums has their own specific sound and their own, I would say, unique songwriting as well as production. Mm-hmm. But I think really we start getting it on Daydream, just like the name of the album is the entire feeling you have. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Each album has their own vibe. Daydream, Butterfly, Rainbow, Caution, especially. If I want to throw on a Mariah album for a different vibe, you know, if I'm getting ready, it's either like Charm Bracelet or The Emancipation of Mimi. If I want to like have a really good moment, like that's uplifting and chill, um, you know, sometimes I'll go for the music box or the first album or You know, it just depends on what I'm feeling, but each one has their own specific vibe that it makes me feel that way, that I need to have a separate moment for all of them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's exactly what her songwriting does anyway. When you're listening, your mind goes off anyway with her. But when you were talking about the music videos, I don't know if anybody else thinks this, but it's exactly what you said you do have the lyrics that build up the picture. It sets the scene. You're, it's almost as if you're looking at a black and white or sepia kind of photograph. The music video sort of complements what you're already seeing, but it might add the tone. So, for example, The Roof, I know 
we're all probably all thinking about the roof as we discuss this but the roof adds that kind of like yellow street lamp kind of nighttime vibe you know outside do you know what I mean but you wouldn't have probably got that had you not seen the video you probably would have just been like on a dark rooftop maybe at a party because obviously you're socializing in that with somebody in that video in that song so it adds that yellow glow almost from the street sometimes it's different too yeah depending but, um, on what the music video is in the song is of course well, not even the music video just depending on my feelings of what i want to imagine but it's all the groundwork of what i'm imagining is all still there though you know yeah. because sometimes when i'm listening to the roof it is it's pouring rain sometimes it's just really foggy and misty you know what i'm saying right. sometimes the party sometimes it's just that one person you know what i mean sometimes it's the the part where it's last night i dreamed that i whispered the words that i love you boy mm -hmm. so then sometimes i'm listening to the roof and i'm in bed like sleeping you know what i mean like like two parts of it i'm sleeping and remembering that night on the roof but like that's a double inception you know what i mean even though fourth of july is the song that they're on the flowery hillside mm -hmm. i always think of underneath the stars as on this uh dark grassy hillside and just being super like dark but blue and light at the same time like the moonlight just being super bright but yeah. it also being really warm, you know, there's just this warm feeling and the, you know, the, the first few little things, it like the, -na 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 -na, those like chimes almost in underneath the stars, like, yeah, they just work so well with the song writing that everything combined really just takes you off into this scene that she's building with her words. And yeah. it's like, so descriptive, so on point, especially I'm bringing back to daydream again like because the song is underneath the stars and it's building the daydream and there's not a specific song on the album called daydream there is the interlude but um there's not like a song that is like this is the song daydream so now the album is called daydream to right. me the whole album is building the vibe of a daydream so the like the the jewel on top, the crown jewel is the title. I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining that weird, but. It does give that kind of dream vibe with the color and the, cause it's black and white cover, you know, gold writing. It's kind of like seeing some kind of solace through subconsciousness or deep thinking, which is basically what daydreaming or dreaming in general is there's different things that suggest the title as well within that album this is just an example um you know like fantasy she's fantasizing about something or someone and fantasies basically are dreams or daydreams you know what i mean you are i mean it's not necessarily your subconscious but you are focusing on something that's probably not necessarily happening at that point and she describes it beautifully and she also says i'm so deep in my daydream right. which she doesn't even need to but it's not even like i don't know she builds it so well so well so deep in her daydream but it's just a sweet sweet fantasy baby <laughs> and one sweet day as well you know that's thinking about somebody i think we've all been there if ever we've lost a loved one no matter what relationship that is whether it's a relative or a friend or a partner or whatever you know you think about them and again you do go off into a bit of a daydream while you're thinking about them so 
I think in a way, maybe she thought that this album seems like a lot of, you know, stories of moments of daydreaming or thinking about particular things. And it was probably a really nice escapism for her. So that's probably where the title came from. Well, also daydreaming to escape from Sing Sing, mm. like 100%, 100%. Some songwriters, they say, like some of the not so talented songwriters say, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but people have said in the past that they've written their first album because they've experienced like a real life and their first album will be so big. And then literally all their life is, is hotel rooms, live shows, interviews, recording, 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 um, or writing for the next album or whatever. And then when it comes to actually like writing for that second album or even the third, depending on how far they get into their career and how quickly they go on to the next record, they've said that they find themselves writing about absolutely nothing. They become songs about hotels and live shows and stuff like that instead of real life. And um, there was an English pop star who was quite famous in America, actually, who said the same thing. And so she took a bit of a break in order to write a proper, like, album that people could relate to, which she kind of did. So I think she'd written all these sort of, like, emotional songs based on her life experiences, you know, like the first, second and third album. Um, oh, yeah, you you made me think of something about the first album, too, because I'm not just trying to say that Daydream is like where the songwriting gets good, because uh, even on Vision of Love, I'm like, OK, um, I'm totally feeling the arrival. Yeah, you know, but it's all all mainly about the emotions of it. And I know we have an album called Emotions, but there's so many different emotions on the first album. Obviously there's a lot of in-depth emotions on emotions, but then music boxes, loads of different emotions are there as well. They're pretty much all love songs and how it makes her feel, whether it's heartbreak or falling in love. And then obviously Christmas is kind of like the bookend of that. Christmas is a separate thing that she's feeling. She said before that she, you know, she went back to her childhood and what she wanted Christmas to be when she, wrote the songs for that album i know she didn't write all of them because some of them are traditional but she wrote a few so she made it all about how she pictures christmas and what she wanted from christmas so i think that that book ended that part of her career really well so then going into the next album i think that's one of the perfect ways to showcase how her songwriting takes you to that mood yeah. because perfect example boom christmas when you're listening to those three songs that she actually wrote for Christmas. All I Want for Christmas is You, Miss You Most at Christmas Time, and then Jesus, What a Wonderful Child. Mm -hmm. Instant, instant Christmas classics. Instantly take you to the snow, the trees, mm -hmm. the lights, the sleigh ride, Santa Claus, the laughter, the presents, the candles, the smell. You know that pine smell. You guys know that smell I'm talking about, that Christmas smell, the cookies in the oven. She takes you right there right there and it's just it's fantastic it's un it's unmatched unparalleled she just queen of christmas song songwriter supreme there's an innocence to the way she's written that album that makes you picture everything from your own childhood about that part of the year she says in all i want for christmas is you i won't even wish for snow and you're already picturing the snow outside going on from that album i think that was a whole new set of emotions for her to feel because she was going through something else with the, the relationship she was in she or a whole new way a whole new way of songwriting and how to come up with the feelings to, to or, or new feelings to tap into 
to write. And I think for her, probably without even realizing, she probably went to write some love songs about escapism, heartbreak, and, you know, wanting to be loved and wanting to love somebody, all those things. But it went deeper. And then it was just like, wow, you know what I mean? That was a different thing for her to be writing about because she was at a different stage in her life a different stage in a relationship it had taken a turn yeah but don't get don't even get me started on the songs <laughs> that go deeper the songs that go deeper because girl pedals close my eyes girl close my eyes looking in portrait you know outside. those outside oh girl oh my gosh girl church straight up church but all hail but anyways you can totally feel that broken family in petals out there in the rain like you just got into that fight oh my gosh that person turned against you you know turned on a dime looking in you're totally that person whether you're out literally outside of a house looking in the window at what you want your life to be like mm -hmm. and just like in this different place but even if it is the, that actual place, that real place that you do feel that you relate to, because that's why we love Mariah, she can take you there and describe it to you and put it in words that you may not have necessarily been able to come up with on your own. And you're like, wow, that's exactly what I'm feeling right now. I can visualize this in my head. And that's amazing. It's almost as if, and this is probably going to sound like a right ton of mozzarella right now, but like, it's almost as if, you know, when you look at these like paintings and you can see fields and meadows and there's like a cottage and like two little people outside the cottage, you know, the first thing you're gonna look at is the cottage, maybe the river next to the cottage and the two people, you know, like a, like Monet almost or whatever. And then you can see things in the background and you're- Monet for all the Americans. So <laughs> Monet, Monet, you know, and you know, you, you see all these little things like the trees next to the cottage, but then you see them, the, the faded meadows in the background because they're supposed to be further away. And you do wonder like what's back there and you do- what's back there? Yes, Gareth, what is back there? <laughs> <laughs> and your eyes wander, and it's the same with her writing. Sorry if that sounds cheesy, but... No, it totally is. I can totally relate to what you're saying. Like, what is back there? Yeah, we always like that. Like, we keep talking about The Roof, for example. This is the perfect... And Underneath the Stars, these are all perfect songs. Where oh, you do think, what were they doing? Where were they going? What happened after? You know, I mean, we all know how the story okay. goes. No, now we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> oh yeah, but the but even that, like you know, we thought that they were just songs. I mean, obviously, certain things that we knew we could read into and connect to the actual story that we knew of. But you know, when you listen to them, especially for me as a child, I just thought they were songs. And then when you listen to the lyrics and you're wondering, okay, well, these are really well-written songs. And then they just become really well-written and really well-produced and really well-sung songs. And then obviously years later, we get the book that explains all these songs. I mean, we knew it was real stuff, but now it's confirmed and it's dug even deeper than the actual oh, yeah. lyrics. Love the book, grateful for the book, happy for the book, have the book love it mm. but we didn't even need it to like feel that that was real like i knew that the roof was a real moment i knew that the honey my all girl all of that i knew was a moment it connected dots basically oh yeah 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 definitely yeah. she's just an amazing songwriter so good okay a breakdown 
oh my gosh breakdown is amazing songwriting what about heartbreaker definitely good can't take that away um like i said pedals what are the songs that stand out to you on rainbow oh on rainbow after tonight um definitely heartbreaker that you know for a fast bop that's radio friendly and i know i said this in the last episode that heartbreak is my very first proper like i don't know net catching of gareth into the splendor of all this heartbreaker is obviously for 1999 even still to this day i i, I feel like heartbreaker is very radio friendly even still you know and for something that you know can get you bop in your head it can get you um I don't know, vibrating, it can get you bubbling, whatever. It's a bop. And that still has some explanatory lyrics in there, you know? I was mesmerized by all of the lyrics. Caught up in the mist of you, relinquished my love to you and I can't resist at all. I was just like, what, what is this? And I, I was just, and then it just goes into that, those uh, harmonies. And I just thought, wow, I, I, I just mesmerized by this song. Oh, you know what? I totally feel you, but that doesn't build a, as much of a visual for me on the Rainbow album as Cry Baby. Yes, because that's really descriptive. That's like once upon a time I was sat alone. You know what I mean? It's, it's really, yeah, uh, I get you. But no, I love Heartbreaker so much, but it's not... Is not giving me like, oh, I'm sitting in the movie theater, pouring the Coke on there, fighting with Bianca. I'm like, to me, that's like I'm driving in the car and just like processing these emotions. Like, girl, I need this man's dick, but I cannot handle him. He is a mess. He's the heartbreaker. And, but I need it though. Like to me, that's, that's that. That's good because if you were in the car, or if you were, I don't know, wherever you might be listening to that on the radio, let's say the album's not out yet, the video's not been put on MTV yet as it would have been then, you know, you would ha- still ha- possibly have those thoughts. You wouldn't automatically go to like, yes, yeah, cinema, Jerry O'Connell. Mm. You know, that, that's okay because you're adapting your interpretation to the song. And the video is just fun. There's nothing really in the video that does sort of say this is what's happening. There's just a heartbreaking, a heartbreaking right. situation. Right, I'm not, I'm not saying that to like, I'm just saying there's nothing that is, there's a huge visual in my head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I said earlier, the tone of the video is not there in the song or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it is, I mean, the tone of the video matches the song well. Yeah, I just think that Crybaby builds that image in my head better. Like, I'm on my tippy toes so that he won't know I'm in my new friend's home Mm -hmm. sipping Baileys by the radio. Like, I totally am here doing that, you know? Yeah, you almost get that feeling of the still of the night, you know? You do imagine that she's in New York City just because... No, I am. Me. I'm somewhere. Yeah, I'm not imagining, girl, I'm not imagining Mariah when I'm listening to all these songs. I'm, this is me. Oh, well, yeah, a little, yeah, a little bit. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes Mariah, but no, I'm the crazy bitch who's up at night (laughs) obsessed with my ex-boyfriend drinking. So, so (laughs) no, that's me, Garrett. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do, you do kind of build up this image of, that but I was when I first heard Crybaby 
even though it is really descriptive, it is still very specific, like the Bailey's cream by the stereo. You know, not everyone drinks Bailey's cream. Not everyone drinks Bailey's cream by the stereo. Not everyone has a stereo these days. But you know what I mean? Right, so, right, yeah. But I get where you're coming from. So I always pictured her in that moment. Oh, no. Like, I totally seen the video with the Fruity Pebbles and the Baileys and the throwing of the glass and everything in the bathtub and the silk sheets and the silk pajamas and all of that. But, like, I can totally place myself there. Like, over the summer, last March, I got dumped. <laughs> And then I was in my house alone and Crybaby was like, that was me. Like it's 5am and I still can't sleep. Bitch, I took some medicine. It is not working, mm. you know? And it was just like, yeah, maybe I'm not like sitting by the television drinking or something, but like, it's totally, totally me in that moment. Yeah. You're the one doing that. But <laughs> <laughs> Next to my old, like wide up, whatever they're called. <laughs> Your Walkman. My Walkman, yeah. My little yeah. cassette Walkman with my headset earphones. But no, oh, yeah, like, the, yeah, the listener can't tell how much older you are than me. <laughs> not anyone who's ever seen us on our Instagram lives on Adventures of Gigi, you'll know that I am ridiculously old. Um, That's a diaper, John. <laughs> <laughs> 1901. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. currently 12 12. well I wish but no there is something about the song and the way she describes it yeah we do get all that but there's one main thing throughout the whole song that we we do get just by listening to it and that is the still of the night you know that quietness that no one else is awake I'm the only one that's awake and you get the frustration of being awake you do feel all that, regardless of the heartbreak and the longing for somebody and the confusion that she's feeling. You do feel that like, yeah, okay, she's on her own. She's awake and she can't get to sleep. There is something about that, that that's so picturesque about it. So you do, you do get a real feeling of being there or seeing her there in the middle of the night. Did I do that? Now, I know people seem to be a bit divided on this song, but I this, actually really like that one, yeah, but... For me just just for the words like it's a little bit relatable here and there but more so in the second verse because I was friends with some like when I was a teenager I had a couple of toxic friends and I thought you know I took it quite personal with the way that they were behaving and I just thought okay this is something I'm not really enjoying let's get myself out of that and I remember hearing this song thinking this sums them up perfectly you know and I just thought okay and slowly, 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 I managed to sort of separate myself from that. And that song, even though people are a bit divided on it, it's always sort of resonated with me because of those lyrics. The only skip on Rainbow is against all odds for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> what about from the Glitter album? What is really good songwriting from there? Lead the um, way. Reflections. Reflections. Oh, girl, because she builds that. She's not even adopted or anything like that, but she totally builds off of that feeling. Charm Bracelet. Ooh, girl. All of Charm Bracelet has great writing. Memoirs. Ooh, ooh, memoirs. Someone is probably screaming about memoirs in the background, like, bitch, what about memoirs? I am. I know know a memoir stan is in the back screaming about memoirs. Candy Bling totally building that visual bet you're gonna know bet you're gonna know oh girl i got cheated on honey um clown clown's really descriptive clown's super descriptive i only wanted besides those raindrops girl get rid of the drops honey please 
Yeah. A saving grace, subtle invitation. Oh my gosh, don't get us started on Charm Bracelet. We need to skip, need to skip Charm Bracelet because we'll, I feel like we'll spend too long on Charm Bracelet. Yeah, but, there's a um, lot of um, reflective yeah. moments on there. I wish you well. Okay. No, at first, see, like, it, it's the skip album at first, but then once you go back over it, it's like, okay, wait, hold up, bitch. Last Kiss. Um, love Story. Um, Side Effects. Totally. 100%. Mm. 100%? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> even Migrate. Side Effects for me, it describes, obviously, a toxic situation. It can be a toxic relationship i think you can adapt whatever you need to adapt to it but the, because it doesn't go too much into a hard you know story of a relationship although it clearly is a relationship but it can still be adapted to a friendship it can be adapted to any kind of quote-unquote relationship in the broader sense of the word the lyrics resonate so much because as you're listening to it even though it's very fast that it's it's quite up-tempo and the wording as well is quite like the structure of the way she sings. It's quite staccato, but it's just, there's a lot of words in that song. And the way she gets it all out, you can really feel as if she's telling you, you know, it's almost as if it's like. Oh, I see. I definitely see the chandeliers in the house. Yeah. Sing Sing prison. It's almost as if it's like her letter to Tommy Mottola about how he made it feel. Like, you know, you're telling people that this didn't happen, but let hear this oh yeah definitely and that's a song i needed over the summer um yeah there's a lot of underrated songs lyrically and i think just the whole album is underrated i maybe that's just because i underrated it that i'm yeah. saying this i don't know who loves equals mc squared like that but it's it's totally worked its way up into my top five and that was that was hard because we had solid rankings it was at the bottom it was definitely yeah. at the complete bottom we didn't talk too much about the emancipation so the emancipation we get the scripted moments in obviously we belong together circles circles bobby Warbucks on the radio saturday i saw you um yeah you really feel it with that with circles um stay the night you ah oh, stay the night yeah it's like a proper like do i stay or do i go home although for yeah. me when i first heard it it was more about just to relate to the song it was more about being out with your friends and you're having a good time and you bump into somebody and you're talking 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 and reminiscing and then you're like the whole procrastinating just to be close to you and you know and i just thought Hmm, this reminds me of a moment like, what, do I go home with them or do I go home alone? You know, so it's, <laughs> yeah, and that whole like, ooh, it reminds me almost of like a very talented wolf howling at the moon. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so interesting you say that. That's so funny. I never thought of that, but it kind of is sounding like a wolf. Ooh. I think I have a feeling that's what it's supposed to be. I can just imagine them walking home and it, as the video. Or the wind. Or the wind, yeah. It could be the wind, possibly. I think most lambs would probably say that they think it's the wind. It's in there. It anyway. sounds like either to me. Fly like a bird, the verses. Somehow I know yeah, that. that one's good. Up. I can definitely see the clouds and mm. uh, doves and stuff. I mean, the chorus is very anthemic. We belong together, yeah. fly like a bird, circles. You know, there's there's a lot of anthemic ballads, 
but um, verse-wise, the verses in Fly Like a Bird are also reminiscent of the verses in There's Got to Be a Way, even though slightly different topics, but similar kind of narrative. Oh, yeah, similar vibe, like, oh, the world is kind of shitty, but it hopefully will be better. Whereas Fly Like a Bird is, I'm done with this, take me away almost, or help me get through. The this. world is really shitty. <laughs> I want to be better. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of plays on that um, pink manger for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, I think that's why it was used. For memoirs, you mentioned clown. We mentioned obsessed. They go hand no, in hand. No, memoirs. I think if you're going to bring up clown and obsessed, I think clown is definitely the more sophisticated sister of obsessed it's and obsessed is like the party version of clown cloud is mariah and obsessed is bianca so you've got the one that wants to tell the story like okay i've been quiet but you know what this is this was the situation don't you get it twisted and obsessed is like it's like that kind of like snappy snide all up in the blog say we met at the bar when i don't even know who you are I love that she says, I don't even know who you are because it, it's giving me, I don't know her vibes. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> I love, love that line. When I don't even know who you are, it's like, that could be anybody. I love it. I don't know them. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it's so dismissive. Even, even lines like this, and I'm sure there'll be people that disagree. And there'll be people out there that do agree with me. You know, even the line that's, I'm the press conference, you're, I'll say it as if I'm not singing it. I'm the press I, conference, you're a conversation. I'm the press conference, you're a conversation, yeah. You're a mum and pop. I'm a, a corporation. I can't say it without singing it in my head. You a mom and pop. I'm a corporation. I'm the press conference, you a conversation. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, so that, basically. And also, I can see right through you like you're bathing in Windex. Yeah, he's I, all up in my that. George. He's <laughs> all up in my George Foreman. I love it. So obsessed still is a little bit, but I get what you're saying. It's not more like okay, let's sit down and have a chat. It's more like you need to know this now. I'm off. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so it's so good. But it lyrically, it's definitely not as sophisticated as clown. But it's giving me everything I need from it, though. Yeah. Mm. So she knows the thing is. Not every song needs to be like super in depth lyrically. Oh, of course. But it just needs enough. Yeah. Like, cause don't get me started on "Can You Hear Me," but there's just some there's just some songs out there. Don't forget what one of your favorites from them was. Oh, Candy. Oh, oh yes. Candy. Candy Bling was a big one. That is proper. That's, like, oh yeah. Description. I'll, yeah, I'll let you reference that one. Okay, so Candy Bling as well is very similar to The Roof in terms of layers uh, vocally and descriptive lyrics because she's giving us that hazy September. Back in the day, we were in love. We're not in love anymore. We would walk the park every Saturday or we would walk in the park every Saturday and talking about walking dogs and the Candy um playing around like children, super adolescent, like a really innocent sort of pure love that's not there anymore. Irresponsible and you're just things like, we would do, like fall asleep on the phone and skipping school. All oh, girl. It just, <laughs> to me, every time I'm candy bling, I'm just like in the bathtub reminiscing. Like I'm in the tub back in the day, we were in love, we're not in love anymore. Bubble, 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 love. 
like bubble up in the tub because back in the day we were in love (laughs) 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 but like for real though Mm. it's that's a car song too it's the bathtub and the car song but um it takes you there it takes you there it definitely does. It's a walking, a walking song. Like I'm walking and I'm sad song, you know, mm. but like on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the sampleation in it as well, that, that helps take you there. Um, the beat, it's quite, it's slow. It's, it is still hard, but it's still quite. It's hard. Soft, for sure. But there's a softness to it. There's if you're being. The music, the ringing, the, the ding, 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 ding. The, the sort of music box yeah. vibe of the like oh school God. the school radio kind of yeah almost like all i want for christmas chimes in it shopping tannoy like, yeah but also when she's like nah i wish i could go back and make time stop the second time and then it actually stops it just yeah. adds to it the timing of what she's yeah. doing as well it adds to the layers of her lyrical description and languishing you're a fan of languishing do you think that that has any to me when I languishing is definitely in the close my eyes pedals club Mm -hmm. I wish it was a full song because out of all of them it's the one I relate to the most Mm -hmm. because it's like to me languishing is almost like codependence yeah but like acknowledging that you really want to be better it's it's sad because it reminds me of like um Allison or something you know or um yeah there's a feeling of desperation but it's from a first-hand feeling of desperation it's not like when you hear us singing it feels as if you're desperate to belong to somebody to that particular person you can feel it no no a languishing is means like you're not doing better you're you're getting worse no but I mean the descriptions of the lyrics it's you know what I mean it's just like do you know what I mean? You're obsessing over being with somebody or what somebody to care and, or something. And you can't stop feeling that way. And it just carries on. To me, it's like the person that you want to care yeah. doesn't care. And you are spiraling down into a sort of like depression or toxicity. And they don't really, they see it or they, like if they would see it, would that matter to you even you know yeah, that's what I was trying to say like I was wondering yeah would you cry for me if you would you to me it's not even relationship say? though well it could be it's anything just, you, of course it could I don't know to me languishing is just really deep for me it could be a parent or a sibling but I think when I first heard it I I think you do automatically connect it to a love situation until you proper listen to it and then I didn't languishing to me is like me talking to myself sometimes like like you know you're not making the right decision here or languishing is something fierce because it totally could be about a relationship a parent a sibling just any sort of situation but I always it's just like me and myself like part of me that wants to progress and then the other part that holds me back yeah it's open to interpretation, but I get what you're saying, definitely. But that's just me. I'm sure it's probably about her sister. There's, prob- but... there's probably a few people, though. If it, if it affects you like that, it probably other people think about it the same way, you know? Possibly. There's I definitely... Some... I texted the lyrics to that to my ex-boyfriend when we broke up, but, like, 
because it could be about anything yeah Garrett we were talking about songs that stand out to us we were kind of going through by era but there's so many (laughs) are there any other songs that stand out to you from the later eras and albums lyrically the biggest one is giving me life from caution for me that's a big one too the one for me is like probably like dedicated or something there's some there's some goodies on me i am mariah but yeah giving me life and faded it's simply in the vein of the roof like we keep on bringing up songs that are similar to the roof but i do think that songwriting wise when she's in that pocket it's her best it's nice because it takes you somewhere else and then obviously and with the singing it just adds another layer so then with the harmonies and stuff it's almost as if it's like capturing you and then with the crescendo it just takes you somewhere else like you're flying almost with obviously not actually flying but you're flying with the um the relativity of it you know and you're falling into that daydream moment of it as if where your mind's just wandering and you're thinking oh yeah remember that thing or remember when this happened or remember when in 97 when this actually took place it could be anything to do with that story that you take as an individual that takes you back there and giving me life it just in particular because we've got to that song it just describes summer haze summer evenings for me Oh, to me, it's very gutter, like streets of New York City, dark, and it's purple outside. Like it's dark, but it's also pink and purple outside. Just um, kind of like the sun is setting, but it's darker than that. Like it's not real. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the whole vibe of caution is pink and purple and blue in my head. Even though I've seen the videos for certain things, like I still build up things the way I want, like I said earlier. But yeah, when I listen to Giving Me Life, it's super, there's something super street about it. And there's like, if anyone out there's ever heard of Simpsons Wave or like those like three hour long continuous music loops that have like an image that sort of changes a little bit, but mostly stays the same. Like maybe it'll change color or like it'll be a car moving continuously, but it doesn't go anywhere. Like on the calm app? You should research Simpsons Wave after this. It just, it's not like the call map, but similar. It just reminds me of one of those things, like uh, electronic music. Mm -hmm. So what about you? Because obviously I've said, giving me life. So what about you for the the latter part, the more recent part of her career? I'd probably say, probably like Faded or stuff from Me, I Am Mariah just lyrically I like better than stuff from Caution. Caution is vibe for sure. I love it. Even the song Caution is probably my favorite from the album, but that's not giving me classic like descriptive moments. So maybe like Cry and Faded or yeah, probably Cry or Faded. Miss You, The One, B-Sides. Oh yeah, B-Sides, honey. Slipping Away, amazing. Totally get a vibe from that. The one, ooh, especially the one So So Deaf remix when she starts going into, and I've been cheated on and all of that other stuff. Like, oh, I love that. That's a great one. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Um, Even I still believe Pure Imagination, uh, even though that's a cover slash remix of a cover, she probably added something in there. 
I think she's um, reworked some of the lyrics, but obviously she hasn't gone too deep like she would if she wrote Giving Me Life or Close My Eyes. I don't know. I'm sure there's, again, there's going to be another divided opinion when I say this song, but even Save the Day, considering when it was released, those lyrics still resonate for that time. When it was originally, allegedly written, not quite sure what she was actually writing about then, but still, like, the lyrics still could hit hard, but I think that's why it wasn't used for the original intended album. And I think in 2020, that was still a good song to use. And it still takes you there. Like, actually, yeah, we do need to do better. We do need to be better. We do need to sort stuff out to be safer. On a wide spectrum, like, Save the Day is basically 2020 in a song. Oh, I totally don't give Save the Day enough credit sometimes. Like, yeah, we joke and the music video was bad and we know that she filmed it in 15 minutes. We were stalking her the whole time. Yes, the hair took longer. But the song, when I actually put on my Rarities vinyl, listen to the album all the way through when I'm not just trying to hear out here on my own, slipping away and Lover Boy, I'm like, okay, yes, Save the Day is a, is a moment. I get why it was the single. It's not as descriptive as Make It Happen for me, but it's giving me that similar sort of vibe of Make It Happen and There's Got To Be A Way. It's like those two songs put together for me, but like, it's not as lyrically strong, of course, but it still does what it needs to do. And like I said, not every Mariah song needs to be the mist and the exact date of November and girl the butterflies were flying around it doesn't need to be like she's saying it I'm visualizing it it can be a little bit more vague sometimes but I appreciate when it's not she's the songwriter supreme songbird supreme to us and she'll always will be you know she's written for other people as well so there's trailer ends on his album there's three no two songs someone to hold Always in Love, that were co-written by Trailer Renz, Mariah Carey, and Walter Afanasiev. And I know he's not been too successful, but, you know, she's lent her talents to these people. Um, also, the girl group, Allure, Head Over Heels, and All Cried Out, as well as Last Chance. But Last Chance was mainly worked on with Mariah and Walter Afanasiev. But, you know, Allure have had three albums out. They've got a nice sound. The songs that they did release that were written by Mariah, you can tell that there might be some kind of influence there at least. And then when you read that that, that she's on the lyrics, you're like, ah, okay. Especially Head Over Heels. Head Over Heels is a bop. And it just could have fit as a B-side from some single from Daydream or whatnot when you hear it. But it totally works for Allure. And I'm so glad that they have that. It's just a shame that they couldn't have been more successful, you know? Because Allure have three albums out and there's no no more songwriting credits from Mariah apart from that first album that was on Crave Records. It was Mariah's very first record company endeavor. Also, one mention is that the Chick album, she's genreless, like we said in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So she can do anything really she can do the gospel she can write gospel she can write pop songs she can write r&b she can write a deep moment she can write a super shallow moment she's the queen the songwriter supreme don't forget she wrote a whole bunch of um jingles for the pepsi ringtones back in 2006 as well and she wrote the theme song for in the mid or from 
mixed dish she wrote in the mix right and yeah. she wrote songs more songs for movies as well the star almost okay time. she didn't write that but anyway she no she didn't write almost home we know that she's a songwriter of course we all know that all the lamely out there you all know it too and there's so many songwriters that do write for other people i think we all are very aware that when mariah writes for herself it reflects the story it captures us so when she's singing her own words and she said this before it means more to sing your own lyrics i can't remember the quote but she said it before that like she gets more from singing her own lyrics she can't just come in and sing she gets she gets more from writing than just from singing like writing is her favorite part right yeah she's a songwriter first and foremost so do you think she should write for more people gia or no, I think she should write more albums for her, though. She should do it for herself. So with all of this put into perspective, from an outsider looking in, so to speak, that's another song we didn't mention. It's almost like she's a modern day Carol King. The tapestry that Mariah Carey has of these songs that she writes, whether it's deep reflective, all those things, you know, that we've mentioned or a fun moment. These songs, when she sings them, give them a whole other layer, a whole other life. And it buys us in, captures us, and we're hooked. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, the people that aren't necessarily fans of hers or people that are just like a half in and half out kind of fan, I think they're really missing a moment when they don't go looking or don't go listening to those deeper cuts. How do you feel about that, Gia? I agree, definitely, because that's where the, the real songwriting shines. But the big songs that aren't super deep you know it's a mariah song Mm. i guess if you're not a huge fan you might not know but there's just something about the way a mariah song is written they're all so similar yet very different Mm. that she's got this style that's just like oh yep that's mariah besides her iconic voice you know but yeah so i think that's all i have to say about that yeah, I think that concludes our episode for, for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Songwriter Supreme, also known as the Songbird Supreme. Do you see what we did there? Oh, wait, you guys, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, like, rate, review, follow us on Instagram. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I love that ending. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.